Good morning, Mission Vineyard. Good morning, good morning. My name is John Arelli. I'm one of the pastors here at Mission Vineyard. It's an honor to welcome you this morning to our online church service. I am live right now with you. So that means that you get to comment in the section, uh, whether you're on YouTube or on Facebook. And the first thing I want you to do is think about somebody in your life that was a gift to you. We're going to be talking about how people are gifts today. Uh, We're in the current uh, sermon series called Jesus People. And so we're looking at Uh, What does it look like for Jesus uh, to be imprints on us so that we can be imprints on the world? The logo that we have for it is is a fingerprint. If people knew us to be Jesus people, how would they be impacted? And so I want you to put in the Facebook feed right now people that have affected you positively in your life. They could be Jesus people or not, but in what way has someone made an impact on your life? I want to thank you all so much for those who are giving financially to the church Uh, There was an instance this week where we got to uh, pay the rent for two parents of three young children. Uh, Both parents are uh, intubated at uh, Northeast Baptist Hospital. Uh, The church was able to pay their rent, even though they wouldn't get evicted uh, by law. We're going to relieve that payment for them. It's already been taken care of, and those three children are being taken care of by a family member. Uh, It was just so happened that week that a friend of mine, uh, she knew that we were Uh, connected with different apartment complexes and different people in need. And she said, hey, it's not much, but I want to give this week. And it ended up being half of the whole rent for this family. So I just want to encourage you, you don't know the impact that you're making. For those of you who are church partners and you're giving financially uh, on a regular basis, you're tithing uh, monthly, thank you so much. But for those of you who just feel like, you know, I've got a little extra or I want to give extra because God's leading me to do so, please know that uh, we've helped people with all kinds of medical situations, uh, rent situations, food situations, and the need is only going to go up right now. Uh, We're in continual conversation with Rogers Academy and the family needs there and other schools around as well in San Antonio. We're going to continue to meet the need of those who are most at risk, especially children. They're always victims of what's going on in the world, and so we're going to continue to meet those needs. Thank you all for listening to the Holy Spirit in the way that you give. And I just want to pray real quick. Lord Jesus, would you bless every single cent that's given to Mission Vineyard? Uh, And everybody's been changing right now. There's no more baskets passing around. And uh, there isn't that sense of regular pattern to, to what it means to be a church community and give financially. God, would you bless every dollar that's given to the church? God, I just want to thank you for, for not being a God that needs our money, that you've got cattle on a thousand hills and you, you can provide for yourself. God, I thank you that the church does need money, that you're providing our every need. And, and even if we felt like we were in need, that we get everything that we need from you. Thank you, Lord, that those who are called by your name, you provide for. Thank you for providing for us. God, we offer all of our financial gifts to you, tithes and offerings above the tithe as a gift, as an offering, as worship to you, Lord, because we love you. And we thank you so much for all you're up to. (sighs) Friends, if you don't remember anything from today, I want you to remember that Jesus' people are a gift to those in need. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. He's not here with me today. I wish he was. He's one of my most favorite people in the world. He is a genius professor at one of the most prestigious uh, technological universities in the world. Uh, He gets to play with nuclear science and corrosion and stuff. And when I was a teenager, he was my small group leader. And he had come from a place of listening to the heaviest and darkest of heavy metal. In fact, on his sports car, his license plate said HV... (laughs) 
<laughs> I, got, I got it wrong. Heavy metal. H-V-Y-M-E-T. And it was a joke on his job, but it was also that he had stacks and stacks and stacks of CDs and records and tapes of the darkest and heaviest of heavy metal. And uh, God changed him, transformed his life, and he realized how much that that was creating dark, more darkness in his life. And after that, he said, you know, Jesus has made a temple in me. He's transformed my life. I'm going to begin to pray. And his life was transformed. People from the church started investing in him, and then he started investing in me. He became my small group leader as a teenager. And from ninth grade through senior year, I got to meet with this man, and he continually discipled me, showed me who Jesus was, showed me what it was for him uh, to, to journey with Jesus, and he became my example. He was a Jesus person. He was a person of God's presence that was active in my life, making sure that no matter what I was going through, my ups and downs, and you know, y'all who have been through high school, raise your hand on the Facebook feed if you have ever been in high school before. You know how dramatic that can be. And so he was a lifeline. He was a gift, and I was so thankful. Well, we're going to get into the scriptures today, talking about Jesus people Although my small group leader is a great example, the best examples we can look to are those in the scriptures. Those are the ones that God has given us as models for what it means to look at how people related with Jesus, how they became Jesus people in the earliest times of the world, uh, of following Jesus of the world. It wasn't the beginning of the world. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 1 again. We were in Acts chapter 1 last week. We're going to continue in Acts chapter 1, and I want to bring you to a place where the disciples are are engaged in figuring out how do we become a body of Christ. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 20, it says Peter continued, and he's articulating what happened with Judas. Judas has just died. He was among the 12. Jesus had chosen him, and he's died. He's made a bad decision. He sold Jesus out, and he's died in his field. And Peter says, this is Peter, the rock, Peter, um, St. Peter, the one that everybody says you're going to see in heaven. This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let us, let his home become desolate. He's talking about Judas with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. So they're trying to look to the scriptures. What does it mean for us to be Jesus people in the season? And they're saying, we probably should replace Judas. They're just trying to figure it out. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time while we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. So they, they're thinking, how do we replace Judas? I mean, Judas was with us the whole time. He had seen Jesus do miraculous things. He saw Jesus be baptized. He's, he saw Jesus be uh, uh, crucified. We must choose a replacement from those who were with him the whole time. Whoever was chosen is chosen, will join us as a witness. The other word for witness there is like apostle of Jesus' resurrection. As we continue in, in verse 23, so they nominated two men out of the 120 that were gathered there. There were 120 that were praying, that had dedicated themselves to prayer. They were all trying to figure out, what do we do now? If we're Jesus people, how do we move forward? Jesus has ascended. Now we go uh, the, the Holy Spirit had not fallen on them in Pentecost yet, but they're trying to figure out what does it mean for us to be Jesus' people. So they chose two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. And they all prayed. So they're trying to figure out what do they do? They pray. And their prayers, y'all, if you ever feel bad about the way that you pray, look how, I mean, this prayer is not eloquent. Oh Lord, you know our hearts. You know every heart. 
Show us which of these men you've chosen as an apostle, as a witness, to replace Judas in this ministry. For Judas has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Oh boy, have your prayers ever cursed somebody out? Look at these disciples. They're like, yeah, Judas is junk. He's gone. Would you give us somebody? Would you tell us who should replace him? And watch what they did. It's not that they said, we all hear from the Holy Spirit. It is this person. They're like, we don't hear from God very well. Uh, Let's just throw some dice. And we'll figure out who it's supposed to be. If y'all are are having a hard time discerning what God is doing in this time, you are probably better off than these early disciples. Look at these guys. They're just trying to figure it out. They cast lots. And Matthias, who knows how, was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Now, I actually do think that the Holy Spirit is involved here. I actually think Matthias is the one that's selected correctly here. But they prayed, and they did their best, and Matthias steps in. He takes a risk. Can you imagine? The 12 were seen as like the champions of the faith. They were Jesus' best friend. Matthias was just one of the 120 other people. And they say, hey, Matthias, you're up. Could you imagine? You think Matthias felt qualified? You think that he felt enabled? Do you you think that he felt like, oh yeah, me and Peter, we're probably the same rank. I probably know just as much as him. No way. And could you think of the relief that Joseph, uh, called Justice, was feeling? Oh, I'm not one of the 12. Or maybe he was just a little little resentful. Why Matthias? Come on, God. You know I've been wanting to be a full-fledged apostle. Come on. But the truth is, We don't feel bad for him. There are some people that say, oh man, we feel bad for that guy. He wasn't chosen. Man, he must have felt rejected. No. Because if we believe that the Holy Spirit's involved, we also believe that that guy has as much as a part in the body as Matthias does. It's a different role. It's a different calling. But he's still a part of the same body that these 12 are overseeing. In the Facebook feed, I would love for you to just take a break right now Go to your feed. Would you tell me someone, when did someone ask you to step out of some, and do something important? When you had to step out, when you had to take a risk and do something that God was asking you to do that was critical. What was one time when you had to risk and take a step out in faith to do something for God? Would you write that in the feed? I would just love to see all of what's going on there. When did someone ask you to step out to do something really important? So pray. Pray is the first step. Praise is, is that moment where we recognize, boy, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what we're up to. I know that we've got to do something. Even the scriptures say that this is something that we need to do. And then they, they settled to pray. I want to bring you to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 7, verse 13. There's a moment where the people of God are trying to figure out what it means to repent, to be transformed, and to change. And the scripture says, if my people, this is God speaking to the people of Israel, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face with only eloquent prayers that are really impressive. No, that's not what it says. If they would humble themselves and pray. And the important part is not how eloquent the prayer is. The important part is if they'll seek my face. 
If they'll seek my face, and then if they'll turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, and I'll restore their land. And on this whole part of Second uh, Chronicles, God's talking about uh, the temple. He's consecrating the temple. Well, today, that temple is inside you and me. God's made us, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, to be a place where God dwells, where we can pray, where God can hear us. Now, there may be some of you today that are feeling pretty distant from God. Maybe you have never said yes to God. You're listening to this sermon broadcast. You don't know why. Someone told you to. Maybe you're sitting with somebody at home and you're going, I don't know about this whole church thing or God thing. I want to tell you something so critical about today. Jesus' people get to pray. People that look to God, that say, God, would you make your temple in me? They get to actually pray. Now, are they going to hear audibly? Sometimes. Sometimes we just have to roll the dice and go, God, I'm going to do my best to reach out and find you. But he, look at, here in Second Chronicles, guess what God does? He hears us and he heals us and he takes us forward. Friends, if you're not followers of Jesus, you might recognize what this is like. You're just people. We're going to do this interchange between Jesus people and just people. The slide has a line in front of the people. You may have been struggling like me, like this. People operate to prove their own worth, and they're often dissatisfied when they're not recognized for their contribution. Have you ever felt like that? Where your heart's not focused on Jesus, you've got to repent from some wicked ways. You're at work, you're online, you're at church, you're dealing with friends and neighbors, and you're worried. You're anxious because people aren't recognizing what you have to bring to the table. You're feeling left out. You're feeling like you're not heard. You're probably not feeling safe. And boy, when you're not recognized, when somebody says, yeah, that's right, you're probably feeling a little put out that you're not recognized for your contribution. What are the prayers that you want answered today? If God were to come and say, I want to live in you today, what are the prayers that you would want to pray in this season? What are the things that you're struggling with? Are they internal? Are they external? Is it both? Do you have financial needs? Do you have someone in your life that you know is struggling with a health issue? Are you struggling with a health issue? At the end of the service today, we're actually going to have a time of prayer where you can go into a prayer room that's private, and uh, there, there actually was a team that was praying for you this morning, and they were trying to listen to God and say, God, who would you like us to pray for today? And we're going to put up those words in just a little bit so you know maybe it's you. So when we're apart from Jesus, we often go to a place of trying to prove our own worth. We're often dissatisfied and not, when we're not recognized for our contribution. But look at what happens when we become Jesus people. Jesus people are able to operate boldly. Matthias was a Jesus person. Boldly and humbly, he was unified with the church body, and he was unified with other people of different gifts for the sake of the body. So although Matthias was chosen as an apostle, the other guy was chosen just as well for his gifts to be a part of the body. He had a role to play, and I hope he said yes to that. I hope he didn't get disgruntled and say, oh, well, since I'm not an apostle, I'm out of here. I don't want to serve. 
God often says, hey, I need you to be who you were meant to be. I love you for who you are, but I need you to serve for the sake of the body. Now, are we able to have, because we have the Holy Spirit in us, are we able to have every spiritual gift? Yes. If the Holy Spirit is in us, what comes with the Holy Spirit is every spiritual gift, every spiritual peace, every bit of cleansing and and the purity and the holiness of the Holy Spirit is in us. Reflecting that takes a body. We don't get to reflect the gifts of the Holy Spirit without a body that needs those gifts. We don't get to operate without any sin in the world or without uh, any distractions. We need the body of Christ. You all who are listening, if you are a follower of Jesus, but you felt kind of put out by the church, you don't feel like you fit in, there's a good chance that you're not experiencing all that the Holy Spirit has for you because you're not a part of a church body. I want to challenge you today. Today is the day to commit to a church body so that your spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts that are a part of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's character and the Holy Spirit's holiness, if you want those to be the center point of your life as a Jesus person, it's time to say yes to a church body, even in the midst of a pandemic. It's time to partner in whatever ways you can so that your gifts can partner with other people's gifts so that the whole body can be made right. You see, you are a treasure no matter what gift you have to bring. Your gift is so perfect for this time and season. Back in 1996, I got to be a part of a team, and it was an interracial team that went down to Memphis. There were 72 churches within a year's time, a couple years' time, that were completely burned down. Traditionally African-American churches that were just torched to the ground. And I was able to go with an interracial team and go visit with this church. Now, do I have any skills to visit with a church, to help rebuild a church, to be uh, a, a light in the midst of racial reconciliation? Absolutely not. In 1996, I am uh, an ignorant white teenager from Boston who thinks his life re- revolves around himself. And yet, I got to be a part of a team, a body that was going to serve another body. So what job did I have? Well, there were three teams. One team was the prayer team. There was a prayer team that went around the neighborhood, and they just prayed. They didn't talk to neighbors. They just prayed. And there were some that were really good at praying, some that weren't, and they learned how to pray with other people that were good at praying. There was a team that did go door-to-door in the neighborhood and just said, hey, what are the tangible needs, the, the practical needs that you have? We want to serve you. And I wasn't on the prayer team, and I wasn't on uh, the team that visited homes. I was on the construction team. So I learned how to mix mortar, brick mortar, because we were, instead of um, the, uh, the, the outside of the church that had burned down, we were trying to make these churches as strong as possible. We made them out of brick, and I got to mix mortar. Now, have I ever mixed brick mortar before in my life? Absolutely not. But the body of Christ called on me and said, you are going to mix mortar day and night, and you're going to learn how to do it well. You're going to learn how to do a certain thickness for this brick layer and a certain thickness for this brick layer. You're going to get that good at it. And by the end of the week, I was pretty good. Now, if you go to this church, you can Google it today. Uh, You can go on Google Maps in Tigret, Tennessee, Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. You can see that the bottom section of the brick is kind of crooked because it was done by people who weren't perfect. And then finally, after we left, a bunch of bricklayers came in and it made it it look perfect. But we as a body of Christ were able to serve in different ways because each one of us were treasured. Now, 
what happened there was that a community came together. Were we the best bricklayers? No. Did we know what we were doing when we went to home to home? Maybe some people did. Did we know what we were doing when we were praying? Sometimes. But we gave ourselves up to the body of Christ to serve another body to say, hey, we're here for you. And we did that because that's what Jesus' people do. Jesus' people are a blessing to those in need. They're a gift. They submit themselves as spiritual gifts for other people. I'm thankful in my life that I've got people like you. My neighbors are fantastic. They're always just generous. They have generosity gifts. I get to be surrounded by people who are spiritual gifts to me, and hopefully I'm a spiritual gift to some other people. But when we're a part of the body of Christ, it's almost guaranteed because we get to reach out to one another and be able to recognize those uh, other gifts that may be suffering, those people in the body that may be suffering, and those that have something to give. Let there be no one in need at Mission Vineyard. We get to be treasures to one another. I want to bring you to 1 Corinthians 12, 14. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and there are some of them that are really getting full of themselves, and he's trying to say, hey, calm yourselves. You're not all that important, but I want you to say you are critical as a body. As a body, we are critical to the world. Jesus' people aren't just good on their own. Jesus' people become amazing treasures to the world when we're united as one body. Mission Vineyard, as a church, we are a gift to the world. You all get to be a gift to the world together. You may not feel like you're doing much today, but you may not also be valuing your part in the body. You are a gift. You're a treasure. Paul says to the church in Corinth, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 18, he says, our bodies have many parts. Mission Vineyard, we have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. You are fit for your purpose right in the right place, Mission Vineyard. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can't ever say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I got to be honest, friends, we don't think much of children or teenagers in our society but they are so valuable. They're the most necessary. He continues, verse 23, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with this greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity, that makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Friends, I want to talk to you about politics and racism right now. Politics and race are a part of our society. And I want to tell you that as a pastor and as a church, we are not going to be politically against or for anybody. And as far as the racial revolution that's going on in our world, <laughs> I'm not going to step in the midst of the politics of it. But I am going to get proximate to it. And here's how I'm going to get proximate to it. By following the scripture. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, God has put the body together such that extra honor and care 
are given to those parts that have less dignity. I don't care what issue is going on in the world, but right now we have an opportunity as a body to help recognize, protect, cover, and put interest towards those who are more undignified in society, those who are more visibly oppressed, like the black community has been. I'm not saying this because we're political. I am saying this because the church has a role, not just to the world, but to our body. So church body, I'm, I just want to speak to you right now. Maybe you're listening, you're not part of the church body. You as a church body have many, many beautiful parts. You, we have parts that are doctors right now, physicians that call me and when we talk, they say, would you just tell the church to wear masks because I'm suffering at work as a physician and I'm scared that I'm gonna get sick and I have children to take care of at home. Would you continue to remind people to be safe? Friends, don't wear a mask because the government's telling you to wear a mask. Wear a mask because the body of Christ is calling you to wear a mask. And they're suffering. And we need to give them more dignity in this season. For those who have marched with Black Lives Matter, don't bless Black Lives Matter because of Black Lives Matter. Bless Black Lives Matter because of the black community in our church that are saying, would you please recognize what's going on in the world today? Would you please recognize the injustice that I walk in day after day? Would you please recognize, would you please love me and give me a little bit more dignity because I'm part of your body? We don't need to recognize political factions, we all, but we do need to recognize the people in our body. The body of Christ is given to you as a gift so we are able to navigate without anxiety, but instead with love. For those who are immigrants in our community, some of those in our church have actually come over the border without documentation. We don't worry about the political situation regarding that. We lean in to get proximate with the body of Christ who is a gift to us. Friends, the body of Christ at Mission Vineyard is so beautiful. We have teachers that you can pray for this week. Teachers that are going to classrooms wondering, am I going to get sick? Because there's no way I can make this classroom safe. I don't care about the politics of it. I do care about the body of Christ. I do care about what the people who are members of my body, the fingers and the hands and the eyes and the ears who are in different places in life, they get to tell me, hey, would you pray for me? This is how I'm suffering. This is how I'm afraid. For those of you on each part of the spectrum, we have Democrats and Republicans, Libertarians and Green Party, all who are a part of the body of Christ. So we get to lean into one another and say, why do you love President Trump? Why are you going to vote for Biden? Why are you going to vote for neither? Why are you feeling attention this time? For those of you who are apolitical, this is a time where we get to reach into the body of Christ and say, I don't care about what the world is saying about them. I care about you. And we get proximate and we get loving. Police officers, there's a police officer in our community that was at the Alamo defending the Alamo. He said, I was there to protect people. It's not a political thing. We lean into the body of Christ. He's an ear, he's a thumb, he's an elbow. And he's saying, hey, this is what I'm going through. They're calling me names on Facebook. And I'm not that guy that was kneeling in Minnesota and killing other people. I don't do that. It's not why I joined the force. Are there justice issues we need to lean into in the world? Absolutely. But first, God has given us the body of Christ. 
When we become Jesus people, we're not first members of Facebook. We're first members of the body of Christ. And if we don't first become members of the body of Christ, we will never see the spiritual gifts that God's given us flourish and be used for the benefit of the world. See, you at home, you might think, I'm just a white person. I'm not a racist, whatever. God has given you spiritual gifts for the sake of the body. It's time to lean in. You might see yourself as, I don't know what part of the body I'm in. I'm having a trouble finding my place in this world. I don't see myself in that. I don't see myself in that. Yeah, because it's nuanced. But we become less nuanced when we become more relational in the body of Christ. This is a gift to, to Christianity, to followers of Jesus, that's unlike any gift to give into any other religion in all the world. Following Islam, following Hinduism, following all of these, they don't have this gift of one, the Holy Spirit, and then the outflow of the Holy Spirit as the body of Christ. This is the gift. Jesus people get to be gifts, but first that's articulated and tried and attempted within the body, within the body. And we have so much instruction for how to do that. Is there instruction in the scriptures for how to respond to newscasts? No. How to respond to social media? No. How to respond to politics? No. But is there instruction for how to lift up one another in the body of Christ? Absolutely. And if we're Jesus people, we lean into that. And that's where we begin to bring dignity. Dignity, verse 24. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care. We can give one another extra honor and care. Those of you who have lost their jobs. Those of you who need the financial stuff that's coming from the government. I don't care about the politics. I care about you. And I'm going to get proximate to your need. And I'm so glad you have reached out to one another. I've heard stories of you calling one another and saying, hey, I know that this is going on in your life. I know you're half time, three quarter time. I want to give you this money. This is what the body of Christ can do that no one else in the world has. What we call this when we're able to serve one another is maturity. We become mature. The first start, step in maturity, I want to tell you, especially of those who are distant from the church and you haven't given your life to Christ, the first part of maturity is saying yes to Jesus. Because that yes is a surrender where we say, I surrender my independence. I surrender my, my loneliness. I surrender that I'm out in this world for myself. I surrender to Jesus. I surrender to a church body. I surrender to being a witness, a witness to what Jesus has done, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again on the third day, that he conquered death and sin, that the Holy Spirit has come to fill us, make his own temple in us, to dwell with us forever, to renew all things. Ephesians 4 says this, it will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son, Jesus, that we will become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. But the church can come to the full measure and maturity, the full standard of Christ. The better we become a unified body of different parts and different experiences, the more that people in the world will get to see Christ. We'll get to feel the freedom of surrendering their lives to him. 
will get to abandon themselves in worship. Friends, I am praying for friends. You have friends, I have friends. I'm praying for five right now, at least, that don't know Jesus. I want to see the day when they abandon themselves in worship to Jesus, where they are finally free. Don't you? The way we do that is by practicing as a church body. Then we will no longer be mature. This is verse 14. Like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new posts on Facebook or political whatever. Another tweet. We're not tossed by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. Are you feeling like you can't believe anyone in this world anymore? Like you can't trust the news or whatever? It doesn't matter for people who are part of the body of Christ. We have the body. Look at this. Maturity means we get to grow in faith and security by the proximity that we have with the rest of the body. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Christ is our head, and he's given us one another, so we don't have to be anxious in what's going on in the world. We can get close with one another, hear the stories and the testimonies, and conquer In fact, Revelation 12 says this. John is having this revelation. He's having this experience with Jesus. And he's hearing from heaven the victory of what it means that Jesus conquers over and really becomes the head of the church. Revelation 12 says this. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ. Do you want to see that church? Do you want to see evil go away in our world? Do you want to see people stopping being hurt? Do you want to see the sickness go away in our country and the undertones of racism? Do you want to see that go away? Do you want to see financial need being taken care of? Look at this. Salvation and power, the kingdom of God, the authority of Christ for the accuser, Satan, the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down the earth. Watch how the accuser gets thrown down. The accuser is actually the name of Satan the Satan, the accuser. And whenever we accuse other people, whenever we judge other people from afar, instead of getting proximate in the body, we do things in the name of Satan, the accuser. Watch what happens, how he gets thrown down. He has been thrown down to earth for the one who accuses them before God day and night. That's what Satan does with us. And he does it. He tries to tempt us to do that with other people. And they have defeated him. This is the body of Christ. They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb. They claim Jesus's cross for their sins. Just like Gabri was saying, when we celebrate the body and blood of Christ, this is us taking up our cross again. We take up the blood of the lamb and what? By their testimony. Now this testimony is wide and deep. It is basically uh, Jesus has died for you. Surrender your life to him so you can live. But the testimony is also as wide as, this is how I've suffered, body of Christ. Would you listen to what's going on? We throw down the accuser by claiming the cross of Christ and by listening to the testimony of the church. In Revelation 12, this is our direction. 
I don't know how to respond to Newcast. I don't know how to respond to politics. I don't know how to respond to Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. But the scripture is leading me as a Jesus person to respond to the body of Christ. And so this is the calling for us today. It's time to reach out to your brothers and sisters in the church. It's time to become a brother and sister in the church. To reach out to those who are being accused by the enemy. Republican, Democrat, black, white, Latino, Asian. This is the time to reach out and say, would you share your testimony with me? I want to get proximate because I am part of your body. You're a thumb and I'm an elbow eyes, ears, whatever. It's time to become a part of the body and begin to feel some of the salvation of the kingdom of God that's promised in Revelation by claiming the blood of Jesus Christ, his cross, his death and resurrection to forgive our sins and the testimony of the saints, you and I, to say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord and this is what it looks like for Jesus to be Lord of my life right now in this season. Jesus people get to be gifts We are gifts to those in need. So would you surrender with me right now? Lord Jesus Christ. For those of you who who have not experienced Jesus for the first time, I want to lead you with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Just surrender. God, I'm sorry for not reaching out to my brothers and sisters who are being accused. I'm sorry, Lord, for judging people from afar instead of reaching out to the church body you've given me as a gift. I'm sorry for all the sins, Lord, for being a loner instead of leaning into community. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Holy Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. I claim your blood and I give my testimony. You are Lord. You are Lord of my life. You're Lord of my church body. And would you be head of us, Lord Jesus? I pray in the name of Jesus. God, would you be the head of Mission Vineyard? God, would you tear down any other idols or fakeness that we choose to be our lead every day? Would you lead us to prayer, God? so that we can become a treasure, so we can be mature in this season. We don't want to be tossed around, God. Come, Holy Spirit. If you've prayed that prayer, I would love for you to go into the Zoom room that's in the Facebook feed and the the YouTube feed right now. It's time for you to get prayer, but there are some other ways that you can get prayer this morning. In fact, specifically, we've gotten three things to pray for. There's somebody who needs to hear from Jeremiah 29, 11, God has good plans for you according to his good purposes. He knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. If you need to hear that today, get into a prayer room right now. For someone who has pain in their left elbow, if you're watching this morning or if you're watching another time, you have pain in your left elbow, please get into a prayer room. We would love for you to get prayer right now. Uh, This is a a word. We're going to take it with a grain of salt. You've been walking on a straight path, but God is bringing you into the light. If you sense that that word is for you, please get into a prayer room. If you have any other emotional, physical, spiritual need, please get into a prayer room. Now, it's possible that you know some people who are in financial need right now, 
or you want to contribute to the financial need, I want you to go to care.missionvineyard.org, care.missionvineyard.org. And there, folks can start an application for financial assistance through the church. And we've got people that are trained and able to walk with uh, those in need through, through the application process. It's not difficult. I'm so thankful for you who have been willing to volunteer that way. Thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to give, you can go to give.missionvineyard.org or giving.missionvineyard.org. Uh, if, you, if you're a part of the body, but you haven't given financially, it's hard to really feel like you're part of the body unless you do. It's like, do, do I really, like, our money is like one of the most important things in our lives. If we're not putting that as part of what we love so much, it feels a little authentic. If you've never, even if it's $1, it, this, this is a thing for you and Jesus to decide. Uh, the scriptures talk about tithing and giving above the tithe. That's 10%. But I would encourage you to ask Jesus, what does it mean for me to give in this season? It's not because God needs it. It's not because the church needs it. It's between you and God to, to connect yourself with the body of Christ, to commit yourself there. And I'm proud of you who are sacrificing th- uh, through the season and giving in faith. Uh, if you're new to the church, if you, this is the first time you visited uh, online, I want to send you a personal note myself with a Starbucks gift card. Would you go to nextsteps.missionvineyard.org? nextsteps.missionvineyard.org is going to ask you just for some a little information. If you write your physical address on there, that I can actually write you a physical letter and, and connect a Starbucks card to it. I'd love for you to do that. Go to nextsteps.missionvineyard.org. We've got our prayer training uh, this Wednesday, and then uh, groups for those who are, are needing some um, support in this time of anxiety. You'll get to see those all during the week coming up in our small groups.missionvineyard.org. Uh, and then September 9th, we'll be launching new small groups. Tonight, I'll be joining with uh, other bodies in San Antonio for the PraySA.org event. Uh, for those of you who can join, you've already bought tickets, you can go to PraySA.org. For those of you who aren't so connected there, I would love for you to join our conversation on race and faith that Noemi and Stephen have been leading on Sunday nights at 7. And you can get that information from our church email or on Facebook. Church, I, I just, I love being a part of this body. You guys are amazing. You're a gift to me. You're a treasure to me. And you help me become more mature because I get to be proximate with you. Thank you, you doctors, you teachers, uh, you who, who have been suffering through this time, uh, for those who have been fighting for racial renewal, all of you, uh, there's so many people from different backgrounds. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ in this season. You all are amazing. You are a gift. And so I want to bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to go out and be a gift, first to the body of Christ and then as a body to the world, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit, his temple residing in you, you hearing his voice and you risking out in faith for the ways that you uh, can serve and be a part of the body. I bless you in Jesus' name.